0: Welcome to Fast Facts.
1: I'm Jody. I'm Shelley. We're a new media concept, a co-working space in the design district called The Slate.
0: The most amazing people have walked through these doors, authors, entrepreneurs, community leaders, Dallas natives, and guests from near and far. We're going to bring them in this room, and we're going to sit them down, and we're going to ask them the questions you are asking, too.
1: These will be quick, so you can listen on your drive in or your drive home. We are completely off the cuff, but that is the best part about Fast Facts. And the only
0: person you can really be off the cuff with might just be your sister. Truth.
1: Let's see who's slating it. I'm pretty excited about today. You should be pretty excited. Me meets you, you meets me, <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna lift our voices. Tell me about it. Yeah, we have um, Gretchen Carlson here in the studio. Journalism, but legal and by It's legal. legal. Mm-hmm. We're gonna unpack that. And so, lift our voices is a huge push for people to be able to share their stories despite some business practices that keep people from saying, hey, here's what happened to me in the workforce. And Julie Roginski, she's also was on Fox Mm -hmm. along with Gretchen. That's how they know each other. And hand in hand, they're working on this initiative. Yeah. So, okay, Gretchen, we're so pumped to hear your story. So, I mean, long story short, people know you as the woman who took down Roger Ailes of Fox News. Huge name. So, Take us behind the scenes of that. And I know this conversation is going to be hard because you also can't say that much. Yeah.
2: Right. I mean, that's the whole point of all the work that we're doing now is that... Uh, we are restricted from really telling you all of the details. Although I always say that my lawyers were strategic in making my case public because we sued him personally instead of the company, um, which we were trying to do to avoid the arbitration clause, which is what muzzles women. So, um, you know, from what I can say, you can go find my case online. You can read all the gory details if you want to. But the important thing is the movement that was created as a result of it and how how my story, believe it or not, was a full 15 months before the Harvey Weinstein revelations and when the Me Too movement really kicked off. And the idea that that my case helped to ignite what has turned into a cultural revolution, is surreal to me on a daily basis. And mm-hmm. one that I've really decided has become my life mission to make sure that I change it for other women.
1: Yeah, you told me, which I thought was super interesting, that more than being Miss America, and she worked for NBC in Dallas, and you're on Fox and Friends, and she all went these to things. Stanford. Like, yeah, you're a smart chick. <laughs> yeah. But that this will matter more than all of that.
2: Oh, yes. You know, people who know me really well say This is what you were supposed to be doing your whole life because they know that I've been a proponent of women's rights throughout my entire career, that I've mentored so many young women. And so they they feel like, you know, you did all that TV stuff and the Miss America stuff and I played the violin and all this other stuff. But this is really your wheelhouse. And I truly believe that if we're successful, Julie and I, in our mission with Lift Our Voices to to get rid of these silencing mechanisms in the workplace, that that'll be my greatest accomplishment in my life. Because the ripple effect, I mean, it's going to impact millions of people. Mm-hmm. Listen, it, we're an army of women together who are now tackling this. And, and that's, that's the point. Sometimes it does take a person to jump first. You but j- there's you, you tons jumped. of other people who mm-hmm. are following. And... Um, You know, so thank you for saying that.
0: What do you think was like the extra element in you and your makeup from your whole past, your (laughs) professional background that gave you that one extra inch that said, I can push go on this filing? Mm -hmm. That's a scary litigation scary when it's not even personal.
2: Yes, I know. Well, the thing is, I was always kind of a gutsy kid (laughs) and I stuck up for myself early on. And in kindergarten, they put me in the group that couldn't read. I I can't even believe they did this, but they had two groups, can read, can't read. And I guess I knew how to read. And so I went to the teacher's desk three times that day. And I said, but I know how to read. And she kept telling me to go sit down. So I ran home, and I was all upset. And I told my mom, and she called the school. And the next day, I was in the right group. But when you really analyze that, you think about the trajectory of my education could have completely completely been stymied, you know, because if I had not stood up for myself, I would have just thought at an early age, oh, you can do something, but they tell you, you can't. So you just go sit down. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting example of, I think that some of that gutsiness was innate, Um, but it also is learned. You know, I was fortunate to have parents who told me every single day, you can be anything you want to be and you fight for it, but you're going to have to work really, really hard. And listen, being in the media business, as Ooh. you know, Shelley, is not, and being a lawyer or anything else, these are not easy roads for women. And right. so my skin became incredibly thick over the yeah. years. And the, the last tipping point for me was I had killed myself for my national career in television news. And when that was taken away from me and they fired me,
0: mm-hmm. yeah.
2: I thought to myself, if I don't do this right now, who will?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that was really... and. When I looked at the faces of my children.
1: Yes. No, totally. So tell, tell we, you told me a little bit of this last night. You've got to tell the story about, I mean, Gretchen Jodi Waitport was alone the night that she filed. Oh. She was smart enough to say, oh. hey, kids, husband, y'all, I don't want them, you know, to yeah. be here for all this. Because, I mean, they were chased down by media, which is so fascinating. Right. In the media. These right. are people, some of them that you know. But tell the story about what, what your daughter and your son said and did. Yeah,
2: thereafter. so they were my paramount concern. I mean, yeah. listen, it, if we're all parents, we know that, you know, our kids are what we worry about the most, and especially when we're not going to do something this public. And so I worried a lot about them. But I found out that that transferring the courage that it actually was contagious. And it did transfer to them. And a couple of weeks after school started, my case was in July, my, my daughter came home from school one day, and some girls had been bothering her and uh, picking on her, and she had never done anything about it. And she came home, and she said, Mom, she said, Today I finally did something, and I did it because I saw you do it. And that resonated with me so much. My son said something similar after he had seen me do a show, and he was very upset about some statistics he had heard about how often women are assaulted or harassed in our country, which is scary. It's once every 73 seconds. And he wanted to know if that was true. And I unfortunately had to tell him it was. And he looked at me with furrowed eyebrows and he said, mommy, he said, I want to be a young man to help fix that. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. And I realized at that moment that even if I had only changed the perspective of two young minds, that it was Monumental. enough, it was yeah. enough to have done that. And yet, Julie and I know that the work that we're doing together is affecting so many more people and has the opportunity to really affect a lot of people if we're successful. Jody ready for me? Are you so ready? Right Here we go. So I can't wait. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And then the arbitration means that your case goes with an arbitrator, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Secret. So a non-judge. It's not in public like no any media. other time any other judge that's elected. You can walk in. We could all leave right now and go to a Dallas County courthouse. Of course, COVID has changed that, but
2: and walk in and and hear whatever's happening in court. It's a pub. It's in the public realm arbitration is is not not. yes it's important that we all band together and and create this army that i've talked about to speak up but the onus should not only be on women oh yes, the -hmm. the onus needs to be on companies who continue to hide their dirty laundry the onus needs to be on men who we invite Mm -hmm. in to help us Mm -hmm. that i want to be very clear that we need them and this is not a mail bashing mission. This right. is. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's this not is a about, about, corporate bashing no, mission. No, it's no. all about informing. It's people. all about informing because many times CEOs don't even know they have these onerous clauses yeah. in their employment contracts. And I've personally witnessed in speaking to CEOs about this that they're like, "What?" And then they ask their general counsel and their lawyers in the room, "Do we <laughs> do we have these?" And and Jody, this is true. No, I and, believe and you. Business, I business ble- totally. Believe- and and he said, "Well, we don't have many more," because he was educated in thirty minutes by me. And what I had to tell him about how detrimental this was to women and how many of them have been forced out of the workplace. Let's keep in mind that especially in 2021, people want to keep women. They want to retain women. We've lost a million women due to COVID in the workplace. We want to retain women and women of color, especially and so that is a huge part of our mission is educating them, inviting them in. So it shouldn't just be on women to speak up. It's, it's multifaceted in how we fix this.
0: Well, luckily, I think also the advice that you may have had, um, what's the right word, had uh, the, all of culture reinforced for you to give to those women for 25 years. Because of what's happening here, because of what Gretchen did. Now that advice isn't as applicable. It's not true. You can speak up. There is a way to Mm -hmm. move forward. There are people that will come and support you and come behind you,
1: you know? So, how is it? It's a different climate. So, how does Lift Our Voices work? I know you've created a bill. Mm -hmm. There's actually, and there are actually two bills out there one for arbitration, one for NDAs. is this all legislative? What is what is the end-all goal? How
2: can a company get involved? How can I get involved? What What is Lift Our Voices? So I'll tackle the arbitration bill because I started working on that before we created our umbrella organization of Lift Our Voices. So about three years ago, I introduced an arbitration bill to get rid of it for toxic workplace issues. Uh, on the Hill, bipartisan. Imagine Mm -hmm. that. Good job. And um, I knew in covering politics for so long, unless it was bipartisan, forget it. It's not going to go anywhere. And narrow in scope. Narrow in scope. So this is not about getting rid of arbitration for everything, because you'll never get Republicans on board for that. That's just the fact. Um, This is about, it's three pages long. It's very Mm. simple. And it basically says, let's not use a secret chamber for toxic workplace issues. Because the only way we solve this is to talk openly about it, which we've seen over the last three or four years. So that's my bill. Um, it's supported by, by Kirsten Gillibrand of New York and Lindsey Graham of South Carolina. It's maybe one of the only few things they agree on. Wow. And, um, and, and I always say, look, harassment is apolitical, and this is why we should come yeah. together as a nation, especially now, and try to do something great for women and for every other you know, minority group who's being afflicted by this. So that's basically where we are. I'm very optimistic that we're going to pass this legislation, especially now moving forward. And that will require that companies can no longer do this. The flip side of that is we're telling companies, get on the right side of history. Right. Come and join us before legislation tells you to do it. Right. And we have had some success with especially companies in the tech world Have wanted to get on board. Microsoft was one of the first, and then we had Google and the Google Walkout, and we had Facebook and Uber and Lyft and Airbnb and eBay, and so it's like, come and join the party. Yeah, let's have more of you. We had Wells Fargo, the first one in the financial institution. Condé Nast did NDAs. Right, all of this is a power play. I mean, it kind of surprised me.
1: You know, last night because you guys are fierce, like your book. I mean, be fierce. You are you are fierce, even though you look so great and can't like like so like well thank adorable. you adorable <laughs> but we were exchanging like all of our media war stories which is honestly it th- was therapeutic it i told was. my husband last night i was like this is like therapy and these people no, like really world get is, me. it isn't but it sometimes. super shocked me and I, we won't tell the story because i know we can't tell all these stories but something did happen to you and you stayed quiet about it Gretchen
2: for 25 years no I can talk about that one you can't I didn't sign an NDA with any of those okay Okay. no so no this was at the end of my year of Miss America I thought I was doing the right thing again being gutsy being proactive I was like I want to get into the media business so I'm gonna cold call you know while I can while I have some cachet I'm gonna cold call some of these top executives and see if they'll help me so I got in with one of the very top executives at a network he spent a lot of hours with me making phone calls for me. We went to dinner, and I thought, "Wow, this guy really thinks I'm smart, and oh, he admires gosh. me." All of a sudden, he was on top of me in the back seat of the car Stop. with his tongue down my throat and fondling my body. And she is a young woman, and I was 22 yeah. years old, and he was ancient. So I, you know, I can laugh about it now, but I got out of the car, a bumbling mess. Um, never told anyone. Was mortified. Of course, I do what all women do. What did I do to bring that on? And then three weeks later, unfortunately, I was doing the same thing in LA, cold calling PR people to help me, and I got in a car with another very high-ranking PR person, and he took my head and my neck in his hand, and he forced it into his crotch, and I couldn't breathe. And I somehow managed to escape, never made it to the dinner with that character, you know, interesting, I didn't tell you this last night, Shelly, but I saw that guy 25 years later. Mm-hmm. First of all, I never told anyone that story because as women, we're ashamed to tell right. anyone, right? right. That's, yeah, and right. so That's I never second, told yeah. anyone until I wrote my first book, Getting Real. But while I was still at Fox, I saw that guy walk down the hallway. Stop. He was a guest of somebody. And I went back into my 22-year-old self. You had PTSD. That's I had dating. PTSD. I slammed my office door. I started sweating. I was like, oh, my God, I got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. I'm scared of him. Yeah. I've got to get out of here. And mm-hmm. I don't want him to see me. I was like a two-year-old opening my door to check the hallways to see if he was around. Wow. And and these are the lasting impacts mm-hmm. of being assaulted. Sure. Um, imagine if for people who are raped. Yeah. So the bigger story here is that as women, we don't talk about this. And the advice to my younger self or to anyone else mm-hmm. would be, it's okay now to talk about it. That's how the whole Me Too movement started. You could go... On social media and either be anonymous or put your name and face to it and and you had the ability to to take the power back and mm-hmm. say me too and you're not gonna get away with this anymore and and that's where we are now hmm well and that and that also goes to one of the major myths about sexual harassment in the workplace in fact um, we heard it from politicians before that That, uh, well, if you're a strong woman, this doesn't happen to you. Well, let me tell you something. (laughs) Julie and I are both fierce, as you've alluded to, and strong. It has nothing to do with that. It's all about power and the potential to take away what they know you want, which in our case was the next level. Mm -hmm. I mean, why shouldn't we be entitled to that when we're killing ourselves on a daily basis and we're qualified? Mm -hmm. So they know they can take that away from you by dangling it in front of you and saying, hey, if you sleep with me, mm-hmm. I'll make it a lot easier. And then when you don't do it, that's when the real retaliation starts. here's the starts. other interesting thing. And if you do do it, then you are just the chick who
1: slept her way to the yep. top. Yep. I mean, it's like
2: this lose-lose thing. Yeah. It's totally. Except that the numbers show that almost every woman has a story. And, and so I think the stats are one in four women – have had an experience but those are the ones who actually report it and tell you about it and we know that there are scores more the
1: ones who even understand what it is I mean I was like circling that last night I was Mm -hmm. like well this happened and I boo so-and-so said this to me is that technically even do you think it's even higher in your industry
2: oh yeah I think it's (laughs) everywhere I mean here's what I found out after my story and this is what really buoyed my spirits from the beginning for such a lonely experience was that all these women started reaching out to me and they started saying it happened to me too. And I'm a police officer in Kenosha, okay. Wisconsin, okay. you know, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. I'm a firefighter in Washington, DC. I'm an I had an airplane mechanic from Hawaii. It's everywhere. Teachers, lawyers, doctors, Wall Street bankers. I realized that this was a pervasive epidemic and it crossed every socioeconomic line and every race. I didn't even know that when I filed my lawsuit mm-hmm. because this secret culture has kept us away from knowing about this and understanding it and working to solve it. But this is what society has done to us yep. in culture is women just keep beating your head against a brick wall to get ahead and just keep your mouth shut and move on. And when horrible things happen to you and people violate your body and they put a bra up for three months and make fun of you, yep. you just shut up. And don't yeah. do anything about it. Yeah. That's how we're socialized. And we can True. because you have an NDA. And
1: we can because, yeah. I mean, I sat through arbitration all at tools. one of my stations. Yeah. I mean, all of it. But this isn't just for, I just want to circle back, though, that yeah, this is not just about sexual harassment. This is about discrimination. This is about wages. This is after you get fired and they make you sign the NDA just so you can get the severance package, even even that. Those are NDAs as well. So while sexual harassment is at the core, I would say, of this, it's also just any toxic work behavior
2: too. Yeah, because companies right. have have um, historically added in anything that might be bad news for them. Right. right. Mm-hmm. They've figured out a way to to kind of put it under wraps. So well, you can abuse these tools, and that's what we've seen.
1: Yeah, yeah. Jody has always said. What What did you say to me in Colorado when I brought this up? Yeah, well, to you? we did
0: talk about because it, it's fascinating. What y'all are doing is incredible. Um, it's just that in in the hands of fair people, they can be very neutral tools. In mm-hmm. the hands of people that are trying to. Hide things that can be...
2: 100%. Total malintent. I use the example of Judge Judy and People's Court. <sighs> These are the types of of issues that arbitration was intended for, like small business disputes, right. because the courts were clogged. Right. right. And right. judges had way right. too much on their docket. But then it turned into abusing them right. inside the yes, workplace. it became a tool. I always look at the glass half full instead of empty. And I'll just, from an optimistic point of view, once we solve the workplace, we will move on to there you go. other issues. And that's why we called it Lift Our Voices, mm-hmm. because that means lift everyone's voice for a lot of different issues. Well, and these
0: groups that are adhering to it shows you that you're headed in the right direction. For
1: you. sure. Gretchen, thank you so much for being here. And Joseph, yes. we'll we'll be sure to link this info. Oh, in, all of it, yeah. Yeah.
2: Thanks. And thanks for your help.
1: So if you want to learn more about um, Lift Our Voices, you want to get involved in any way, um, they do read the emails. Mm -hmm. They do see what's coming in. So if you have something to share, by all means. Yeah. Thank you. And
0: slate it. it.